Let us turn now to the Scriptures, to the book of Zechariah, the prophecy of Zechariah, the chapter 3. There are two readings this evening. First is taken from the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 3. And then we turn to the New Testament, the Lord helping us as we come to his holy, infallible, inerrant word. The Lord give us an understanding, the Lord bring these things to our minds, and the Lord be pleased to bring his sweet, saving gospel here tonight. This is the word of the Lord. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt thou also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at, For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, Shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree? We now turn to the New Testament, to the book of the Revelation in the chapter 7. Book of the Revelation in the seventh chapter. Let us hear God's holy word again. The Lord help us, give us an understanding of his word and write his word upon our hearts and show us his sweet saving gospel. Revelation chapter 7, commencing our reading at the verse 1. And after these things saw I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, 
neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty-four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Gad were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Aser were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Naphtalim were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Simeon were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand, of the tribe of Issachar were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed twelve thousand. After this, and lo, I, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be unto our God for ever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered and saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in the white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Amen. So reads God's precious word. May the Lord teach it to us here this evening, and the Lord bless us for his name's sake. We thank the Lord for the Old Testament reading and the New Testament reading, and we seek our God this evening. Let us pray. Well, dear friends, I read two passages of Scripture to you, the Lord's help. We read from Zechariah chapter 3, and we also read from the book of the Revelation and the seventh chapter. And we'll allude to both of these chapters in the sermon tonight, but first of all I want us to come to Zechariah and the chapter 3. And uh, with the Lord's help this evening, I wish to take for my text the words there that are found in the verse 2 concerning Joshua, the high priest. And then also some words later on, You notice one is a brand plucked from the burning, the other is a branch. Of course, the branch is the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is by the branch that brands are saved. 
from the burning. That's our theme tonight. How are indeed sinners saved in this world? Well, we read, there is a vision here. The visions of the night which are given to the prophet. This is in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before the Lord Jesus Christ would come. The people have returned from captivity, and the Savior is still to come into the world. There are still problems in the so-called professing church. There is a need for true sanctification, and it is only the work of God that he does in the heart. But there is a final work of glorification. How can guilty sinners stand before a holy God? And we have a sight of that here. How can guilty sinners such as you and I stand before an infinitely holy God? We have the angel of the Lord here. We have Satan, the accuser of the brethren. And we have Joshua the high priest picturing every one that is to be saved as a brand plucked from the burning. And then we read, didn't we, from the book of the Revelation, those that stand before the very throne of God. Well, let us read from the verse 1. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? They're referring to Joshua the high priest because we read that Joshua, verse 3, is clothed with filthy garments. And friends, this pictures our sin. The Bible is so clear that the Bible says even our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You and I stand as sinners before a holy God. David asked the question, O Lord, if thou shouldst mark iniquities, who could stand? Who of us could ever stand before an infinitely holy God? You see the vision here? There is Satan, the accuser, the destroyer. He is called Diabolos. Elsewhere, the destroyer. He was the one that came into this world He deceived our first parents, Adam and Eve. Remember he said to Eve, has God said, questioning God. He tempted Eve. And then what did he do? Well, he plunged her into sin and Adam into sin. And here we are as a lost race. The wages of sin is death. And sin, Isaiah says, has made a separation between us. And God, look at the great gulf between this world and heaven. God banished Adam and Eve from the garden in Eden, didn't he? Because of their sin. And sins have made a separation between us and Almighty God. But here is a vision. Again, it's a vision of the night. And these are glimpses that the Lord would come into this world, how he would deal with sin in this world, how he would deal with the sins of his people. His people are often described as brands plucked from the burning. And in fact, this is the description given to concerning Joshua. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee. Why? 
because Satan was standing at the right hand of Joshua the high priest, resisting. And what was he saying? He was resisting. The angel of the Lord was also there, standing before the angel of the Lord. There is Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, standing before God. And Satan is saying, how can you, Joshua the high priest, with garments stained with sin, stand before the Lord? That's what Satan has done. Satan, the tempter, came into this world, tempted our first parents, Adam and Eve. And you know what? Satan is quite right. He, knowing God is holy, that sinners cannot enter a holy heaven, cannot enter before the presence of Almighty God. Satan knows God is just. Satan himself, remember, was banished from heaven. He was cast out with a great entourage of perhaps a third of the angels fell. And there is no redemption for them. God has passed by the angels. And God passes by men in this world too. Why? Because God is holy. But there is a way that God has provided that sinners who believe on God's dear Son are saved. Here we see Joshua the high priest as a brand plucked out of the fire. Verse 3, the Lord rebuke thee. And you notice here the Lord. Who is the angel of the Lord? Well, he is the Lord. We've read many times in Scripture, I trust that I don't need to waste your time in showing you that the angel of the Lord is the Lord himself, the very one that appeared with Abraham. Or before Abraham, and there were two angels with, and one was the Lord. And we know that two of the angels went into the city of Sodom, and they plucked, as it were, Lot as a brand, literally, from the burning. Sodom burned, did it not, with fire and brimstone that very day. And there we have another picture, don't we? Lot himself was a brand literally plucked from a burning that day. But friends, I'm not speaking here of a burning of this world. I'm speaking about the burning of God's eternal inferno of hell. We read in the book of the Revelation that the torments of the lost, of the unsaved, go up forever and forever and forever. The Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you that there is no hell. The Seventh-day Adventists will tell you the same. And the Mormons, and all false religions. But my friend, there is a hell. And thank God there is a heaven. And how is it that sinners are saved from the burning? Well, we have a beautiful, glorious, clear, vivid picture here In Zechariah chapter 3, how does God do it? Well, he does it by the branch. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the branch, the righteous branch. We read of him elsewhere in the 
We sometimes like to say the gospel of Isaiah because Isaiah is full of the gospel, of the wonderful promises that God would send his son into this world to save sinners. And here, Joshua, he is given a sight of himself. Do you not see this? Joshua, the high priest, and Zechariah penning these things as the prophet, a vision. And as it were, Zechariah not only sees himself as a sinner, and remember, it was the high priest that would have to present blood on behalf of the people. And the vision is not just given to Zechariah, to Joshua the high priest, but to all. That a high priest himself, even the high priest here, could not save himself. A sinner, guilty, vile, before Almighty God. But it would have to take the branch, the stem of Jesse, that would come into this world. We do know, don't we, I trust, Isaiah 53. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall grow up before the Lord as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground, and he would become that branch. He would come from the line and the lineage of David, David's greater son who would come into this world. And we know that that branch came out of dry ground. When we speak of the dry ground, we speak of the very fact that there's no life in men. Jesus Christ came from above, although he was born of a virgin. Born bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh. His body, as it were, came from this earth. Have we ever thought about that? The body of the Lord Jesus Christ came from a real woman. But he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. That is the only way that he could become the righteous branch Now let us look at this passage here. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Now this is how we need to see ourselves. If ever a soul is going to be saved, they need to see themselves as Joshua the high priest. Filthy. What are your works? What are my works? There is filthy rags aren't they? Remember last Lord's Day, we considered there from Proverbs 16 and the verse 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. As a man looks at himself, he thinks he's clean. But what a sight here. Joshua has given himself a sight of himself. So is Zechariah, so all the people. My friend, have we seen ourselves through the lens of God's Word. As God looks at us, what does He see? All have sinned, all have gone out of the way. Each one has turned to his own way, says Isaiah. We considered there, didn't we, from Proverbs 16, verse 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. And then we thought there in verse 6 of Proverbs 16, By mercy and truth, iniquity is perched. It's pointing to the tender mercy that would come from on high. The Lord Jesus Christ who would step into time, space, and history. 
And we'll see that here tonight. Now notice, the charge is brought forth. There is Satan accusing Joshua the high priest, you are filthy. Who are you to stand before God? How can you stand before God? And he's right. But there's a secret. Satan didn't know. How could God conceive of a plan to save filthy, vile sinners? My friend, that plan stems from all eternity past. God the Father, God the Son devised a way in which he would purge the sin of his people, in which he would take brands. Look at Joshua here, the high priest. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire, out of the fire? How is he going to be saved? Well, notice what is said. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him. This is the angel of the Lord, saying, take away the filthy garments. You see that? From him. My friends, this is the first thing with regards to salvation. What God does by his righteous branch, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we will see in this passage, the branch. Notice verse 8. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wandered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. The Lord Jesus, the branch, would come into this world. And we will see that in one day, the Lord removes sin. Notice verse 9, For behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall seven be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. At Calvary, my friends, Jesus Christ, the righteous branch, would die. In his body. Of course, now God doesn't die. There's a sense in which he died. He's died in his body, but his spirit went to be with the Lord. While the body died, my friend, in that body was a perfect, Soul. Bible tells us that his soul was made an offering for sin. There was no sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. He became, as it were, a brand that was burnt for the sake of his people. The branch. Although the fires of God's wrath fell upon him, He rose from the grave because he had no sin. Though they destroyed his body, though he suffered the just for the unjust, the scriptures say the grave could not hold him. He was without sin. 
this righteous branch. And notice, he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. You see, the filthy garments resemble our sin. We speak of garments of salvation. Isaiah certainly speaks of garments of salvation. They are that which is the Lord has given. A righteousness. Isaiah 64, 6. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You and I can never appear in the beauty of holiness, but in the sinfulness of sin before Almighty God. But my friend, Jesus Christ is the one who gives the righteousness to his people. Now notice the order. The order is the taking away, first of all, of sin. And that's what we see here. Saying, take away the filthy garments. The filthy garments. You don't put on new garments with the old ones on, do you? The Lord gives the taking away. And it was the taking away of sin, for I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. It was predetermined, dear friends, that the Lord would take away the sin of Joshua the high priest. You see, he's got a view of himself. Who did the Lord Jesus Christ die for? All who truly see themselves to be utterly unworthy and unholy before the Lord. And they cast their mercy upon the finished works of Jesus Christ. That's who he died for. Because he came to save such, they have been given eyes to see, ears to hear the sweet saving gospel. Jesus Christ laid down his life for his sheep. They behold him in the word. They receive the truth. Oh, they're not offended. You know, the world will say, I'm a clean boy. I'm a clean girl. I'm good. I can get to heaven by my own righteousness. Isaiah says, no, no. Even your righteousnesses are as filthy rags before God. And it is only, you see, the humble, the poor in spirit that believe. They believe. They've been made to believe. How do you see yourself? That's the all-important question tonight. How do you see yourself before God? Joshua was made to see himself in this way. Remember what I said last week, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. That's the world. That is the nominal, shall we say, church-goer today. I'm clean, my church attendance, my good life. My friends, I could never earn a millisecond in heaven. I could never earn one fathom of a second to stand before Christ. I would be completely extinguished at the sight of the glory of God. I thank God He's made me to see my sin and cast myself before Christ. You see, sinners who truly have a sight of themselves are only too thankful 
for the sight of the glorious one, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the life that he lived for them, and the death that he bore in their place at Calvary. The branch, notice, it is the branch, the verse 8, that will take away the sin in one day. The branch that had no defect in it. What is a brand? A brand is good for nothing but to be thrown into the fire. The Lord Jesus said that. But he said, but you know what? If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And that's what God does when he saves us. We become part of him. and We have life by the branch. He not only saves us, but he imparts life as the branch. He infuses life into dead brands that are nothing good but for the burning. And he frits us for heaven. Oh, we're not perfect now. But you see, the brand that has been plucked never has anything to boast in. If we read Romans chapter 11, there were many that were boasting. But we have nothing to boast in, do we? He says to the Gentiles, as well as the Jews, there's one tree. We're all, in a sense, engrafted into Christ. Although there was the spiritual, the Israel of old, there is now one branch, one one tree. And it is all by grace that we're in that branch and we're in Christ because of the mercy that God has opened our eyes to see and our hearts to believe upon Christ, the branch. We read there, didn't we, from the book of the Revelation, chapter 7, how we read that there is Israel, 12,000 from each tribe. That is not a literal figure, friends, that we're to take and say, well, there you have it, 144,000, a round figure. That is folly. Because you read on there, it says from every nation, from every kindred, from every tribe, and in fact, a number which no man can number. A vast multitude, not a few, but a vast multitude of people. Christ did not come and do a small work. He came and did a mighty work, taking all the sin and the guilt and the filth and the wrath-deservingness of a multitude, a vast multitude. But they have this one thing in common. They all see themselves as brands for the burning. What's that, my friends? That's grace, isn't it? It's pure grace. That's how we're saved. And it's grace that gives you faith to believe. You believe upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. In one day, sin was taken away. No no greater day on earth was there, the day of Calvary. I tell you, it was the greatest day in all the world. Calvary. Because at Calvary, God's justice and his mercy met. They kissed. In fact, we're told in Psalm 85, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. 
As he looks at you tonight, he knows your heart. Some are trusting, aren't they, in their garments? We see that parable of the wedding feast, where one goes in and he does not have the wedding garment on. And the Lord says, what are you doing here? How did you enter in? And the word is, cast him out. See, there's no place in heaven without Christ's taking away sin. And the proof that he's taken away your sin is that you trust alone in his righteousness. That's the proof. And the evidence is that he now becomes your branch. You're not a dead branch anymore. You're a living branch. You're a living being. You were dead, but now you're alive in Christ and you want to bear fruit. We're not dead wood. It's a good question to ask. Is there life? If there's life, there's ongoing repentance of our sin and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not asking tonight what you believe. Because many people, they can understand certain things certain suppositions and truths of God's Word that's never hit home. It's never hit the heart. It's never changed the life. You notice here, verse 8, Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows, Joshua has fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. And you know, it's true of everybody that becomes a Christian. They're wondered at. They're a living miracle. Really, it's a miracle. What changed the heart, the mind, the will? Let it be wondered at. This is a work of grace. My friend, if you're believing tonight, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. And men should wonder at you. And they look at your life and they see, why this, this man, this woman, he's changed. It's a work of grace. There's proof. Because people wonder at you. You were once an outcast of society. Look at Zacchaeus. Wondered at. A man greedy for filthy gain. But now he's giving it all back. A monument of grace. And of course there were Judas's who sat under the ministry of the Lord Jesus. He was all in the head. He was living for this world. He always had his hand in the purse, we're told. He was never converted. 
never saw himself. And even when he saw himself to be a sinner, and even when he, he betrayed the Lord, there was, there was no repentance. There was remorse. Oh, there was sorrow over what he had done. But he wasn't grieved in the heart. Maybe the consequence of his sin. He'd be found out that he betrayed the Son of God. But you see, this was all in the plan and the purpose of Almighty God. That there at Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ would become, and he was the branch, but he would be, as it were, he would suffer as a righteous branch. You see, it could only be a clean branch could we say, that would be made as an offering for sin. It could only be God's pure Son who came from David, the branch where there is life. It says there in Isaiah 53 that a shoot shall come out of dry ground, green shoot, life. The Scriptures say in him was life. When you looked at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, you saw purity, Holiness. But you see, God was pleased to take that branch. He should save many brands from the burning. Don't we thank God for the love of God in Jesus Christ? In one day, God did it. For thousands of years, there was the animal sacrificial system. But when Christ came, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. We see here the stone. We see the seven eyes. All these things are in the, in the book of the Revelation. The Lamb who has the seven eyes, it shows forth his all-seeingness. And the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. There's so much to say in this chapter and in the chapters that follow. But God will deal with sin in this way. Now, I close with this. How do you see yourself this evening as we close? All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. And it is only by truth and mercy that iniquity is purged away. What is your case tonight? God says, look at you, you're a brand. You say, I'm clean, I'm good enough, I can stand before God's holy bar of justice one day. When the books are opened up, oh, I will stand. No, you won't. The scriptures say there will be cast into the lake of fire. The lambs hear the word. God sent his only begotten son into this world, my dear friends, that sinners would be saved by the branch. And let me say, all who truly are the Lord's will gladly bow and say, yes, Lord, this is me. I see myself here as Joshua. I look at my life. And I do not dream of fitness before the Lord, but in fact, vileness and unworthiness. 
And Father, I thank thee for showing my sin and showing all that the Lord Jesus is as the branch. Let me ask you the question, do you love the Lord Jesus? That's the question to ask. I'm not asking any more than that. Do you love him? Because if you love him, I mean really love him. I'm not asking whether you love him perfectly. If you love him, he loves you. Because that's what he said, I love them that love me. Proverbs 8. And those that seek him early shall find him. Those that love him. That's all Peter could say, Lord, yea, thou knowest I love thee. Peter was given direction, wasn't he, to lead the sheep. Peter failed. The Lord kept asking him, Peter, do you love me? Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest I love thee. The Lord knows the hearts of his people. My question to you is, do you love him? If you love him, you love what he's done. You love the Christ of the Scriptures. Not the Christ that the world wants to present, but the Christ who died for sin. The Christ who came into this world, the Christ who calls sin, sin. The Apostle Paul said, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Why? Because if you don't love Christ, you don't love God, because Christ is God. And if you don't love God, you are going to hell. I must say it like it is. If you love Christ, you love all that he has done for sinners. And you will gladly serve him and love him. Paul says we love him because he first loved us. So you prove your love to him in all your life. Thank God for the branch. In the book of the Revelation, we're told of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the branch of Jesse, that he is the bright and the morning star, that he is altogether lovely. Revelation. It is an amazing book to read, to study. Jeremiah 23, verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. That is who he is. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And that's why he's called the righteous branch. Because he's just in all of his ways. And he was just when he lived. He was just when he died. And he bore the justice of all who believe upon him. As I said, the book of the Revelation is a marvelous book. And there it speaks of Christ as the righteous branch of David. I will bring forth my servant, the branch. And we read in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, of Christ. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, that is in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed. Paul says in Romans 8.33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. How? By Christ. For he says, for Christ died. Here is Joshua the high priest standing before the Lord. And one day all who have believed upon Christ will stand before God. Not because of anything that they have ever done, but because of his dear son, God's dear son, the righteous branch. Charles Wesley wrote, Where shall my wandering soul begin? How shall I to all to heaven aspire? A slave redeemed from death and sin, a brand plucked from eternal fire. How shall I equal triumphs raise who sing my great deliverer's praise? Thank God for his dear Son. Do we rejoice tonight in the branch? If not, I say tremble, for the wrath of God is coming. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Turn to him while he's near. Satan the accuser is right about one thing. Sinners, apart from Christ, cannot stand before an infinitely holy God. But those who are justified by Jesus Christ shall stand before him, not just for a little while, but forever and forever, and shall sing his praises forevermore. May God bring us to an understanding, and bring us to repentance over our sin and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And may we be men wondered at by the grace that God has done in our hearts in bringing us to such a place. Behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. My dear friends, the servant of God, the servant of Jehovah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.